0: Get up your morning wake-up call. Bengals Radio, one of the biggest defensive plays you've ever seen.
1: From the one, Huntley sticks the ball out. The Bengals have the ball. They are running it back. Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard to the Ravens, 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Bengals. (laughs)
0: That's a kid from the city of Cincinnati, Sam Hubbard, running it back 98 yards for a touchdown that totally turns the game. The Ravens are going in to take the lead. Instead, Cincinnati goes back the other way. That reminds me of the James Harrison play
2: in the Super Bowl.
3: Listen, those plays are huge. They not only flip the field and keep points off the board, but when you can score for your team, the value of going up is so much a
2: 14-point play right there. Absolutely. 14 points.
0: Alright, we're back. now. Another hour here live from the Seaport. We are brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. And it has been a perfect morning so far for us, and it continues. If you didn't watch the action yesterday, you missed one of the most dramatic playoff games we've seen in some time. Giants, Vikings, the 3-6 game. First-year head coaches Brian Dayball, Kevin O'Connell both did an outstanding job this year. Daniel Jones, first quarter down 7. I got four words for you, RC. Daniel, Stephen, Jones, the (laughs) Hey, Daniel Jones gets outside of the pocket,
3: outruns Patrick Peterson to the corner, picks up the first down. Speaking about running, everybody, Saquon. Hey, listen, I used to love Sonic the Hedgehog. It was the only game I was even decent at, and that looked like Sonic getting out of there on the Minnesota Vikings. Touchdown, Saquon
0: Ball. They were so good with his touches yesterday, and then Daniel Jones had such good touch. 24 of 35, 301 yards passing. Daniel Jones was absolutely dialed in the whole day. It was James, it was Hodgins, and it was Darius Slayton here across the middle. Yeah, and then this one is Hodgins for the touchdown. He had eight catches for 105 yards. Who said the Giants don't have receivers? I (laughs) did. (laughs) 17-14 at the half. Third quarter, Jones, Barkley again. Saquon
3: Barkley made everything he needed to out of each of his touches. They got him in space, and in space, Saquon Barkley was a problem.
0: He had 109 total yards, and that set up this Daniel Bellinger wide open. When you can run the football, the boot is going to be open. Daniel Jones with a great fake easy throwing, catch. Giants up 10. Here comes Kirk Cousins now trying to bring the Vikings back. Adam Feeling up the sideline. This is a great play. He comes out like he's going to block. Gets to the wheel route. Touchdown
3: and now you're going to see them get the football in the end zone. Irv Smith gets a touchdown in the back of the end zone after
0: earlier dropping an easy first down. And it's 24-21. Fourth quarter. Tied at 24. Giants fourth and one from the seven. Could have kicked the field goal to go ahead. But no. Brian Dayball says we're going for it and they get it. That's Daniel Jones. This is Saquon Barkley. This is the play I love. Woo. He runs it to the D-tackle
3: at the line of scrimmage, drags him into the end zone, and you can see the excitement when he gets to the sideline.
0: Okay, so now the Vikings have it in their last chance. Second and four. Cousins throws it away, but wait,
2: there's a flag. Rex. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Dexter Lawrence right there. I don't care he's 350 pounds. He could, If he really wanted to, he would have thrown him through the end zone right there, Greeny. That's an awful call.
0: It's an inexcusably terrible call, but it wouldn't cost the Giants the game because on fourth and eight, Kirk Cousins threw that pass. To T.J. Hawkinson, and that was all she wrote. Cousins can't believe it. The Viking fans can't believe it. The Giants survive, and they advance. Play good. Play good. That's good. Yeah, play good. Winning football. You seem to be understating how well he played in this situation. No, what isn't good a good adjective to use? Yeah. I'm not a writer. I'm just a coach. Do you feel like you have an elite quarterback?
2: I know we have an elite quarterback. I, mean, I think he's shown that most of the time. But we also got amazing players around him, too. So we got his back, no matter what. And that's the
0: word I was referring to. The Giants are using the word elite. Hey, About hey, hey, hey. What? Hey, what? Hey, what? Hey, what? Hey, what? Hey. What's hey? Hey. Huh? Let's pump the brakes now. Why? Because hey. we, we we
3: talking about elite now. Like, like, let's pump the brakes. Let's allow the kid to continue to grow. Let's not say he got to be Patrick or he has to be Josh or Aaron Rodgers because he's none of those things. He played well against Minnesota. Now, I want to get on here and say, yeah, I love Daniel Jones. And, yes, he was amazing, but he played Minnesota. And, yeah, Daniel Jones got outside the pocket and made plays. And, Daniel Jones was able to push the football down in the past, but he played Minnesota. Uh-huh. Rex said it earlier, this defense stinks. And he did an amazing job against this defense. He's played good all year. Yesterday, he was great. He's the franchise quarterback of this team. But let's remember, it's about this team. It's about this coach. Let's not try to put everything on Daniel Jones's shoulders right
2: now. Yeah, no, I just thought it was funny because Brian Dayball like, overcome with emotion, by the way, there. <laughs> but he's like, you know, good. He's using good for – for this, why? They know they gotta they gotta sign him. You yeah. can't just say he's elite now, all of a sudden the price I made that mistake. I talked stuff up. Uh, this guy's as good as it gets, you know, Darrell Reeves. He was by the way. He was but it was like, <laughs> yo no, you can't say that, you can't say that. Well, Brian all knows he can't say it. They're gonna have to pay this guy. Cause here's the great thing. I always love it to giant. Business. Let's just give him twenty a year. What? You're going to pay for half of Daniel Jones? Because here's what's going to happen. There's 14 teams that need quarterbacks. They're going to line up for Daniel Jones if be it's a free agent market. So, so, Dan,
0: help as a quarterback. Break it down for me. He may – I don't know. I, to call him an elite player at this point is obviously a, a premature. jumping – It's premature. But he certainly looked like one yesterday. What did we see?
4: Daniel Jones was a problem solver. And for the great majority of his career, he's been a problem. And me, I have – I owe him an apology Because I was like, Dan Jones is good. Is he good enough? And I think you saw that yesterday with the way that he uses his legs and how quickly he made his decisions. But, Greeny, I also would say this. You can see the difference between play design and play call. You know, how quickly Daniel made those decisions is a big part of it. But also, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, and I said this in the first hour, It reminds me watching Mike Kafka. It feels like I'm watching a young Kyle Shanahan. And the way that they use their formations and the way that they use their motions and personnels, that's a big storyline of what happened yesterday. This is 21 personnel. Two backs, one tight end, okay? Now they start in a bunch at the top. They're going to motion from the bunch, but that's the passing strength. The nickel back is the guy that goes to the passing strength. Now what you get is a motion that's going to make the ball look to go to the bottom of the screen and jet sweep. I'm going to pull the tackle and the center, okay? Remember, the nickel back is the guy up there. I got big people hitting a corner and I got big people hitting a nickel back. That's Saquon's first touchdown. That's play design and play call. And then the touchdown to start the second half. Two tight ends up at the top. They're going to pull the backside tight end, guard, and tackle. Everyone flows that way. Daniel flashes the ball to the Patrick Peterson up top. Those tight ends are block, block, one count, two count. Patrick Peterson's paying attention to what's going on in the backfield. That's how they get that wide-open touchdown. So, Daniel Jones is remarkable. And, I owe, again, I owe him an apology because he was great, and I only thought he <clears> could be good. But you're watching how play call and play design matter. And Mike Kafka's name – I'm telling everybody, it needs yeah, to be in absolutely. that conversation with Andy Reid. It needs to be in the conversation with Kyle Shannon. He's not them because he hasn't been around as long. But, R.C., you mentioned it before. The way that they use Matt Breida, it makes yeah. me feel like, yo, they're, they're using this guy as like a chess piece when he's been cut by plenty of teams before. The Giants are as well-coached as anybody.
3: Dan, I love the fact that he's giving love to all of these coaches, but yeah. I want to talk about Brian Dayball. Yeah. Brian Dayball won the coach of the yeah. year yesterday because when you looked at Daniel Jones, he played the way we've seen Josh Allen play at these times in his career, and he was more Josh Allen yesterday than Josh was against the Miami Dolphins, and you do not mm. owe Daniel Jones an apology. Right, no. Daniel, Daniel Jones stunk. Daniel Jones did not protect the football. Daniel Jones lost football games. What we need to say is, Daniel Jones has corrected those things. Daniel Jones, through coaching. Daniel Jones, through hard work. Daniel Jones, through execution, is now a quarterback that you can not only win with, you can win because of. And that's what you want your franchise guy to be. And yesterday, he went toe-to-toe with Kirk Cousins. And let me be honest, y'all. Kirk Cousins played really dang good yesterday. We can talk about that one play. Kirk Cousins was on, and Daniel Jones outperformed him in the past game, and he out-executed him
0: when it comes down to making winning football plays. That's big time. I'll tell you who owes Daniel Jones an apology, and to his credit, he offered it, and that's the owner of the Giants, John Mara, who after last season, when they fired Joe Judge, said, we've done everything we can to screw this kid up. More young quarterbacks are ruined yeah. in the NFL than are developed. The Giants were on their way to ruining Daniel Jones because they had coaching that Candidly, didn't know what it was doing. And now all of a sudden, he's got an excellent coach, yeah. and you're seeing the difference. Dan.
4: Well, I think the reality is this. while I agree with you, RC. Like, Daniel Jones has gone in the course of four months from bust, can't play, turnover machine to, man, you could win some games <clears throat> with Daniel Jones, to now he's in the conversation because the way he finished this season and then this game yesterday, you win games because of him. And here's the thing. His leading receiver is a guy that was cut on November 1st. Isaiah Hodgins, and he needs credit because his feel and connection with Daniel Jones absolutely is playing a part in their offense. But now you have to ask yourself, like, Daniel Jones, does he qualify or does he get into that category of you win Kane's because of Daniel Jones? And that's where I do owe an apology, RC, because I never thought he could be that guy. And that's why I was like, yo, you can't take him at six because he's good. And what's happening or what you're watching is going, this guy might be like a difference maker. And that's, that's where I feel I did not think he could get into that conversation. And the Giants, with Brian Dable and Kafka, have he, they've gotten him there. That's just the truth.
0: You know who knew it? Rex Ryan yep. knew it. And Rex called his shot the day of the draft
2: on get-up. You said Daniel Jones is the guy. Absolutely, 100%. And why? I knew the competitiveness about this young man. I knew he was smart, athletic, tough, with great arm talent. That's what he is. He needed a coach. The other thing is, too, that the Giants really done a great job uh, of surrounding him with weapons. No. No, no. Put him on the Minnesota Vikings. You want to see a guy set records? Put him on the (laughs) Minnesota Vikings. That's true. And see where that (coughs) team would be if Daniel Jones was a quarterback. I'm sorry. He's finally – watch what happens in the offseason. They're going to get some weapons around Daniel Jones, and we're going to see this guy all of a sudden go like this. And, and to me, you think, look, the Giants know, uh, okay, Daniel, uh, we're sorry. Here, like we Contract. should have given you that 50. Absolutely. The, and like I said, they're going to be lining up if you don't. This kid has you, always he made had some money. The, you, the coaching staff has been hot garbage. So is the talent around You better around not them. give Daniel Jones 50 million a year. Man, I will because I, I don't have to pay him. It's not coming gonna, out of my money. Dan, real quick, Go.
4: <laughs> we can't have this conversation about Daniel Jones and not have the same conversation about Saquon Barkley. He's yeah. become oh, just yeah. as good as Christian McCaffrey when it comes to his use. That, and that needs to be said.
0: Okay, let's leave that there for the moment. We'll have much more on this as we go. Stephen A is going to jump in here. We have plenty more to get to on Giants-Vikings. But just getting started, Joe Burrow and the Bengals got an all-time great defensive play. And we'll tell you why the Cincinnati fans <clears throat> should be very worried This morning, meanwhile in Baltimore, speaking of worried, alarm bells ringing about where Lamar Jackson wasn't. Did we see the beginning of the end? The answer coming up next. And then following us, it's first take, live in Tampa. Huge day leading up to Bucs-Cowboys tonight on ESPN. you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com/giftfinder today. That's Macy's.com/giftfinder. Come on, get up. Back on Get Up, Ravens-Bengals last night. Unbelievable drama. In Cincinnati, Lamar Jackson not even in the building. We'll talk about that. Tyler Huntley was, and he looked pretty good. And here's J.K. Dobbins. Tyler Huntley gets the football out of his hands to the flat quickly. Inside out, run by the backer, stretch over the goal line. So now it's a 9-7 Cincinnati lead. Bengals driving to try and get points before halftime, but this is going to go the
3: other way. This is a huge play by the rookie Kyle Hamilton. Comes up, makes the stick, forces the fumble,
0: scooped by the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are in pit. Yeah, instead of the Bengals scoring late, it's the Ravens who kick a field goal. It's a 10-9 halftime game. Now, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Listen, if I'm going to be on defense, I'm going to cover Jamar Chase. Jo- Joe Burrow makes a great throw to him. Now he sneaks it in at the goal line, and quarterback sneaks become a big topic of conversation. It in. Lately. They go for the two when they get it, so it's 17-10 in favor of Ooh. Cincinnati. Now, Ravens wide open to Marcus Robinson. Good old double move on Eli Apple, easy throw and catch. Eli, top. he
2: bit the apple.
0: <laughs> Here's your ball game now as we go the other way. This is Tyler Huntley in the fourth quarter of a tie game, putting the Ravens Run. in
3: position. He puts him in position. I bet he hopes he wishes he would have got to that pylon because the next play
0: is something that kills the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh said afterwards he was supposed to go low. Yeah. Instead he went high and stretched the ball out, and the ball winds up in the hands of the Cincinnati kid, Sam Hubbard, born and raised in the Queen City. Takes it 98 yards
3: for the touchdown. Hey, this is big men balling, but look at the heads-up play by the backer. Wilson
0: knocks the football out. Sam Hubbard is Johnny on the spot, and then it's a team play to get him into the end zone. And Ravens still had a chance. 10 seconds to go. 4th and 20. Huntley dropping back. You know what? They almost caught this. They almost caught this, but what we didn't show is why they were there. It was bad clock management, yeah. a bad two-minute drill by John Hubbaugh, and the Baltimore Ravens. And you wonder if having their starting quarterback there would have made all the difference in the end it doesn't matter now Joe Burrow and company are going on so this is where we are right now the Jaguars a significant underdog at Kansas City that's the Saturday AFC game and then you see Sunday we will get the matchup we didn't get on that Monday night Bengals and Bills instead this time it'll be in Buffalo instead of in Cincinnati so we'll have all week long to talk about the Bengals and the Bills which is should be an unbelievable game But I think this morning we have to focus on Lamar Jackson. Marlon Humphrey, his longtime teammate yesterday in the locker room after the game, said this. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: A lot of people, there's a lot of speculation with him not having a contract, this, that, and the third, but, you know, I mean, I don't even know if I should say this, but he's like limping around the facility. That's kind of the crazy thing that people don't see, obviously. So, obviously, we knew he wasn't going to be able to be out there with us, but um, hopefully we, we signed him to a big-term deal, and he's, you know, he's a raven with me forever.
0: RC while he was talking you turned to me and said that's important because that's that's another player on
3: the team like y'all not gonna keep talking about my boy right like I hear all this stuff that's going on I'm telling you right now it's not about what he tweeted and told you about what level sprain it was I'm watching him walk around the building and he's limping if I'm looking at him I don't believe that he could play and on top of that I hope he's here with me forever the locker room has the pulse of the team the locker room is who you have to cater to Lamar Jackson was a dude that was milking this, people would not necessarily come out and say anything negative about him, but they wouldn't be fighting for him publicly. There's something going on in this locker room.
0: Yeah, but here's the only thing I'll say, RC. Nothing has kept John Harbaugh from saying that all week. John Harbaugh could have shut all this down by saying, Look, we wish Lamar could play. He's hurt, and he can't. He never said he can't. He only said he won't. And and that's on the. I'm I'm not sitting here telling you anything. I'm not inside his head or his knee. But I'm telling you what John Harbaugh has not said all week and that. Look, also, Greeny,
3: I was dying, right? I was actively dying. And somebody read to me everything that was on my sheet about my test. And then the doctor threw it to me and said, Now I'll listen to you complain. People who ain't going through it, ain't Mm. going through it. That's fair. This
4: man is hurt
0: and he doesn't want to put his career at risk or his opportunities at risk, he doesn't have to play. That's right. fair. However, it was, a, and I, it was, it was um, right on the field. Melissa Stark, before the game, Dan, says, Lamar Jackson did not make the trip with the team. That feels to many, I'll ask your opinion, uh, Dan, that feels to many like another sign that there is a real problem and rift between Lamar and someone, at least, in Baltimore.
4: I'd have to know if Lamar has traveled to any road game, first of all. Yes. I don't know if he has or has not. Um, My second thing is this. I am not going to question Lamar Jackson's competitiveness. I've watched it for years in Baltimore, okay? So I'm not going to sit here and tell people he should or should not play, and I'm not going to question how competitive this dude is. I still remember the game against Seattle on the road where he was like, yo, just give me the ball, all right? Now, if Lamar has traveled to other road games, this looks weird. There's no doubt about that. Yes. But if Lamar hasn't gone to any other road games and traveled with the football team, then we're making too big a deal out of this. I do think it's odd that during the week, Sammy Watkins is like, man, I wish Lamar would hobble out here and play. And then J.K. Dobbins last night goes, if we had Lamar, we would have won. Because I feel like that puts pressure on Lamar or just paints Lamar in a certain picture. Here's the reality. This is a tough spot for both Lamar and Baltimore. That's just the truth. The young man bet on himself. And we've seen that work. And it didn't pay off. He missed 10 games yeah. the last two years. This is a Super Bowl caliber defense that didn't get their dynamic starting quarterback for the last six games of the season. And now he wants to go and get paid as he should, and the organization has to sit there and go, do we feel good about giving a boatload of money to a player that, one, has earned it, but two, but two, has taken 1,000 hits in five seasons. Both of those things are realities for the Baltimore Ravens.
2: Yeah, you know what else is a reality for yeah. the Baltimore Ravens? They won a Super Bowl with a non-elite quarterback. Right. All right, I'll tell you about the, the this franchise. They're consistent, all right? I can't believe if if, if it doesn't line up with the business side, then they don't do it. They don't extend themselves. And so, to me, I think it's a mistake Lamar if you don't Jackson. sign Lamar Jackson back, obviously. <laughs> but, look, we've, we have we seen it before with Marquise Brown? They got a first-round pick for him, right? Uh, how or about, Orlando how about Orlando Brown? I get Same it. Same type but of. Deal. Rex, None of those. They're not like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Is,
0: is, is, this is when you're talking about the quarterback, a player of his accomplishment and his youth.
2: Right. That is a different situation. No, it is. But in this league, also, Greeny, we can say what we want. Running quarterbacks generally don't get better; they get older and slower. That's the reality of it. And yeah. I'm just telling you. This guy, I know he's young, he's a superstar, he's missed 10 games. We're gonna ignore that fact. I mean, we're, gonna, we're gonna ignore that fact. I, mean, I'm Rex Rex, Rex. Like, I, I feel like I feel like I Steve, love this guy. I feel like but, Steve Young got better. I feel
3: like Randall Cunningham got better. Right? Like these yeah. people continued to ascend. And I and for, for us to say that Lamar Jackson is no longer going to continue to improve, I don't believe that. And well, the other part is this: he don't have to run 4-3 forever, right? Like Daniel Jones is 4-6. Josh Allen is 4-8. So, these guys don't have to be speed demons. Lamar Jackson understands how to play this game. I believe he's going to be better in the coming years than he was initially and he's a player that you have to pay. I'm
2: not giving you, I'm not saying I believe these things. I'm telling you what the organization believes in. And if you, if, you, if you doubt it, then you make a mistake. Why? I told you week one when people wanted to trade Huntley, and I said, he may be the future. Oh, you're crazy. Lamar Jackson's our future. <laughs> yeah, he should be your future. <laughs> I've been in that organization for 10 years. They're so go gonna, ahead and buy it they're if not you want. Go, Danny, go ahead and buy seconds. it if you want.
0: Dan is, go ahead, Dan, real quick, hey, go.
4: The final four are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. If you think in that conference for the next decade you have any shot to actually win a Super Bowl without an absolute dude at quarterback, you're lying to yourself. Lamar Jackson is a dude.
0: That's a perfect way to put a capper on it. We will see what winds up happening. It certainly feels like there is – much more to this than yeah, we might have the thought a few weeks playoff ago. Game, but go ahead. We'll see what happens. All right. As we continue, to Tampa we go. Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons, they're not only battling Tom Brady on the Bucks the tonight, like- they're battling history. Why Dallas fans hope 30 years of frustration will be erased. And as our full day of coverage on ESPN from Tampa continues, first take is following us at the top of the hour. The man himself, Stephen A. Smith, trolling the
4: Cowboys. Next. Lift every voice
3: and sing. Being biracial without Martin Luther King and his envision and his dream, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I wanted to be a, a leader myself and trying to lead a locker room, um, an organization um, built of different backgrounds, races. Um, you just got to be enamored with just the way that he was able
0: to lead a country. Ten. busy on this special day back on get up here on espn and super wild card weekend concludes tonight in tampa and we save the best for last cowboys visiting the bucks to rematch of week one who remembers this game dallas lost 19 to 3 and dak prescott suffered the thumb injury at the end that knocked him out for five games. More bad news, Dallas. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. 7-0 all time, although Tampa Tom will be a home underdog in the playoffs for the first time ever. On the other side, speaking of on the road, the Cowboys haven't won a road playoff game in 30 years. The eight straight such losses tied for the second longest streak by any team all time. You could not possibly ask for the stage to be any more set for the drama than we have it. We'll have Stephen A. Smith live from. Tampa in a moment. Dan Orlowski is live in Tampa as well. We will have full coverage all day long, uh, leading down to Cowboys and Buccaneers tonight. And so much of this comes down, Danny, to the quarterback. We see Mike McCarthy. We'll talk about him with Stephen A in a minute. But let's talk about Dak. It has been a disappointing season by his standards. No question about it. What must he do tonight to keep Mike McCarthy's job safe?
4: Not press. He's got to be the guy that went down 10 on Christmas Eve versus Philadelphia and just said, you know what, I'm just going to go play. Just play the game. And he wasn't trying to be a superhero. He, he didn't try to put the cape on. He didn't think, I have nobody else on my football team. i got to do it by myself. And that's why they ended up playing so well on Christmas Eve and winning that game. they got to be much better on first down. They stink on first down as an offense. And a lot of that is because uh, Dak trying to do too much. Dak not seeing the field too clearly. Uh, they try to pound Ezekiel Elliott into the middle of their offensive line. Greedy, tonight... I don't think these game, this game is that, that complicated tonight for Dallas. I don't. You're a better football team. Dak, play with conviction. Put your back foot in the ground. Trust what you see and rip the football. Don't try to do too much and dominate the game. You're the better team. We don't have to make this game some crazy X's. And O's. Just go play the game that you are capable of. Make it Tony Pollard. have Allow C.D. Lamb. Take shots at Jamel Dean and be in good third downs. If they do that, they win.
0: I think there's a lot of us who expect them to win. A lot of us would like to see them win. And then there is the one and only Stephen A. Smith, who was up with us early live this morning. (laughs) Ah! What's up, fellas? What's going on? (laughs) It's a big day for us. Tomorrow is a very big day for Stephen A. I'll explain why in a moment. But tonight is your night, Stephen A. What should the Cowboys and their fans be expecting tonight in Tampa?
1: Well, what the Cowboys should be expecting is for Tom Brady to show up and act like this is his last game ever and playing lights out because I think he's going to show up. The fact that him and Mike Evans seem to have connected as the season waned, particularly the last week or so or the second to last game of the season, I think you got to give credit where credit is due in that regard. He still has familiar weapons available to himself and Evans and Godwin, obviously and Fournette as well. And so I look at it from that perspective and I just say this is about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense going up against that offense of the Dallas Cowboys with a quarterback prone to throwing into. Pick sixes in three of the last four games. Dak Prescott is feeling it. They understand who they are. They understand the expectations. As Dan Orlovsky so eloquently stated, the Dallas Cowboys are the better team. They should win this game. The world knows they should win this game. And that's exactly why I expect them to lose this game. Because every time expectations are thrown on their shoulders, they don't know how to respond. Now, just a little nugget. Just a little nugget for y'all, all right? They got me at some Marriott downtown here, J.W. Marriott to be specific. (laughs) Some of the Cowboys are in there, okay? They're there. I've never seen a hotel so quiet. It was peace and quiet. I didn't see a cowboy anywhere. I didn't see players. I didn't see coaches. I didn't see equipment managers. I didn't see anybody. They hide it. They're very, very nervous. You understand? They know what this moment is. They understand. (laughs) They understand what this is, and they're feeling it because they know if they don't pull away and they don't run away with this, and the game is close, that's all it's going to take. A close game against Tom Brady, even after the age of 45, ask the Los Angeles Rams, what it's like to go up against Tom Brady when the game gets tight. You saw what he did to them late earlier this season. They're in a world of trouble, baby, and I'm here to see it. I'm telling you. I <laughs> see how the
0: Cowboys, real quick, are they in a world of trouble tonight? I don't know if they're in a world of trouble, but it's
3: not going to be easy for this team to win, and if it gets to the point Stephen is talking about, they will be nervous, and folks will go into high.
0: If this game is close in the fourth quarter, oh. next, so you got Brady or you
2: got the Cowboys? Oh my gosh. I still think Dallas wins this game. The talent, it's not even close talent-wise. I'm going to take Dallas in this one. Not even close talent. But.
0: Okay, Stephen, I do want, while I have you here, and again, first take is coming up live. They have two additions today and everything else, yeah. and I want to mention, most importantly, tomorrow. But I want to get quick takes from you, if I can, on two of the things we saw yesterday. Sure. The first of them, Daniel Jones. His teammates are using the word elite. That was a performance I'm not sure many of us thought he had in him yesterday. What are we saying about Daniel Jones this morning?
1: Major, major props to him. He performed well, and I think his future, he's got a potential future with the Giants right now. To show up in the postseason and to perform the way that he did with Brian Dable as the coach, I think that that's going to go a long way towards him remaining with the Giants and being a part of their future plans. But we can't mention this game without bringing up Kirk Cousins. He always gets his numbers. He always produces to some degree. But then when pressure mounts, all of a sudden he disappears. It's fourth and eight. I don't care what throw you pass. I don't care what pass you throw. Throw it past the eight yards for crying out loud. (laughs) Dipping it three yards and thinking that that's going to produce something. Once again, remember what they said about Kirk Cousins departing from Washington. They said he gets his numbers, but what does he do to truly, truly win? We're sitting here today and still asking that question again. That, that, that was
0: a frustrating yeah. moment. A lot of fans, uh, Rex, uh, on Twitter and other places, seizing on him, throwing short of the sticks in that spot.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely can't happen. Stephen A's 100% right. It can't happen. And, and you know what? It has to go to Justin Jefferson. I don't care. He's doubled. Who cares? You threw it into a team meeting and, and he caught. He bailed you out in Buffalo. Yeah. you got to do the same thing there in a playoff game. Get the ball to your best player. Justin Jefferson, by the way, best receiver in the league like get him the football I, I don't care this can't happen absolutely cannot happen
0: TJ Hawkinson who, who was very effective for them so much so for the day he was. yesterday not able to get it done Stephen a one more for you while I have you when that we have had a lengthy discussion here this morning about Lamar Jackson whose team loses last night in a close game he wasn't there didn't travel with them I know last week on First Take you were saying you were suggesting that perhaps they seriously need to entertain trading him having seen the way last night went what is your quick take on Lamar Jackson this morning
1: Well, the first order of business is that John Harbaugh's got a lot of explaining to do that J.K. Dobbins didn't get the ball at all, really, when it really counted. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins had a point there. But as it pertains to Lamar Jackson, listen, you're trying to negotiate a contract extension and you don't even show up to cheer on your teammates. I've been listening to Ryan Clark, Dan Orlovsky, and various other NFL aficionados for years. That's something that's usually frowned upon. There's no excuse that he could not have been at that game rooting on his teammates. He seems to be a bit detached, and the Baltimore Ravens organization needs to do something. Whether it's moving him and getting an incredible amount of assets in return for him, or thinking about what the future looks with John Harbaugh, I think all of that remains a question. But Baltimore played a hell of a game yesterday. They should should have won the game, or at least it should have gone to overtime. That shouldn't have that you know, when Huntley should not have happened, but nevertheless, it did, and in the end, when we look at Lamar Jackson, these are your teammates. These are the guys you go on the field for and fight for, etc. You missed the last five games last season. You missed the last five games this year, plus the playoffs last year, plus the playoffs this year, and here you are not even showing up to support your teammates. Just days after revealing on Twitter what your medical condition was, without going through the team to do it, there seems to be a flagrant detachment there. I think it's on purpose. Purpose, and I think the, 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 the evidence is there, the clues are there, and I think they might they might need to move on from him or he may need to move on from them.
0: Right, there's one more thing I want to mention. Stephen A. Is, has been such a friend of the show. He's been integral in the success that we've had here. And tomorrow is a huge day for Stephen A. Well, we are all looking forward to today and tonight. Tomorrow, Stephen A., the release of your book, which is called Straight Shooter, will be available everywhere. Just give people an idea of what it is that they can look forward to when they buy this.
1: Well, I've been through a lot in my life, granny, And, uh, you know, through the grace of God, a, f- a fantastic family and friends like yourself and everybody, Rex and Ryan Clark and Dan Olofsky and all of my buddies at ESPN, male and female, along with a host of other people that have helped me throughout my career. I've been blessed through God's grace to be where I am today. And so just talking about where, how I got here, the path that I took what I went through growing up, getting left back, having dyslexia, going through all the things that I've gone through in my career, controversies plus some. Uh, I talk about it all and it's in the book and I just want to thank everybody, all my friends, all my loved ones, my family members, of course, you guys. I love y'all to death and I really appreciate the support. And so tomorrow, it's been long overdue. I held off on writing this for a decade. I promised my mom that I would never write it until she passed away. That was a promise, a, a vow that she made me make to her. And i kept that vow but it was time to do it so i finally did it through my family's blessing and it's out you know it's out everywhere tomorrow
0: wherever you would find your books and i watched Stephen a write this through an entire nba season last year i know how important this is to you we are all behind you and looking forward to the release tomorrow again straight shooter anywhere you find your books have great shows today my friend and we'll see you later
1: thank you Thank you, guys. Right, that's take care.
0: Stephen A. Smith. Again, first take coming up 20 minutes here at the top of the hour. Meanwhile, as we continue, Daniel Jones, awesome in leading the Giants to their first playoff win in 11 years. Now he goes up against Jalen and the Eagles. And do the G-men have a shot? We will discuss. Plus, here we go. Sneaking Hembo and Rex, the best matchup we have. Who's the only quarterback to throw four touchdown passes in a playoff game against Tom Brady? That's the question. The answer's next.
4: Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: Here we go. The pressure is all on Rex. I think you got a shot at this one. So we got Brady tonight in a playoff game. Yeah. Who's the only quarterback ever to throw four touchdowns in a playoff game against Brady?
2: Well, Greeny, Himbo did tell me something. He gave me a clue. He said... Tom Brady's played in 47 playoff games. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot for the clue, Himbo. (laughs) So I'm sitting back going, I go, so it sounds like an impossible question. Mm -mm. I'm going to narrow it down. All right. He's he's been beat 12 times in the playoffs. Right. So I'm down to 12. Okay. There's an obvious one right there. What's his name? Sneaky Himbo? Yeah. So I'm taking out the obvious Peyton Manning. Right. And I'm going to end up going with a (laughs) Joe Flacco.
0: Right! It
2: is Joe! Oh, oh, <laughs> oh kidding, <Kitty>, please. God. <laughs> I oh. thought you were good. <laughs> oh. I got something Rex, for you to give us too. the belt. Himbo, I got something for you. I <laughs> own you my <by> friend. <laughs> okay. 2014
0: divisional round game. Patriots won 35-31. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not one of their losses. So can, we change it to, can we change
3: it to <laughs> obvious himbo? Uh, I, I mean, sneaky believe.
0: himbo. I he thought really he would sneaky. get that right. Okay, let's just sail right into our next thing, which is RC <laughs> explaining his tweets. He's the most entertaining Twitter follow during NFL games, and here we go. First tweet, Saturday night. RC tweeted, Doug Peterson, you are a play-calling god with onions the size of Duval. You should be saluted in every coaching conference you walk into. Level heart tonight, brother. Explain that tweet. It is GOAT level heart, but it is not explain your tweets if Greeny doesn't mess it
3: up. (laughs) Listen, when you look at what Doug Peterson was able to do in this game, your quarterback throws four picks in the first half. You come back in the second half, oh, Joey Bosa, you want to cuss the ref out? You want to slam your helmet? We can get it on the one-yard line? Oh, let's line up and spread. Quarterback sneak. Let's throw the football all around the yard. And the play of the game, third and one. Late in the game, you give the ball to Travis Etienne on the outside. They weren't expecting it because that doesn't happen. (laughs) Doug Peterson, you go to a place that was absolutely run down by Urban Meyer. One, you're an adult. On top of being an adult, you are competent. You are more than competent. If not for Brian Dayball, you are my coach of the year. And to have the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round of the playoffs is all because of you, big man. Philadelphia
0: made a mistake. Next tweet. Love that play by Edmonds, RC tweeted. Inside out on coverage, head up to see what he hit, and roll the hips like 69 boys. That's a pivotal play with an exclamation point finish. Milano missed early, but Edmonds did not. Bang! Explain that hey, tweet. you know what that is? To the left, to the <laughs> left. Now Tootsie roll! Yeah, listen, he
3: rolled his hips. Right now, you're going to see, they're going to go out to the flat. Edmonds is going to be inside out, and on his inside out track, he lines up oh. into the inside, face up We'll see what you hit, come through the hips you got to come through the hips greenie like you were trying to make a baby and that's exactly <laughs> what he does here and when you finish a play like that it has an impact for <laughs> greenie don't make me laugh that's very it's funny I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> to no it's very funny and i'm coughing i can't do explain your tweets and kill green well that's, that's not okay what you cannot do is have it say
0: you got to finish like you're trying to make a baby you can't <laughs> say that and expect me not to laugh right? i apologize for the cough okay last one yep I see why Brian Dayball doesn't wear hats. No way that beautiful mind could get into a fitted. Dude changed everything about this team in one year. My goodness, maybe too early to judge, but he's no average Joe. Explain that tweet. Greeny, that happened on accident. I didn't even mean to capitalize
3: judge and Joe. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did. Remember this? Timmy Tough Nuts. I'm going to come in, and this team is going to compete. what Brian Dayball do when he got the job? I'm going to come here. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can, and I'm going to try to have the best football team that the New York Giants could possibly be. And that's exactly what they are. Daniel Jones, oh, we don't know about you. Now he's the guy Rex thought he was. Saquon Barkley, we don't know if we could give you a new deal. Guess what? Because of Saquon Barkley, you're moving on to the next round. Brian Dayball, week one, goes to Daniel Jones when he throws a bad pick and he holds him accountable. Tells him he can't, he can't do that. Last uh, Yesterday, wild card game, Darius Slayton drops the pass. He walks over and consoles him. Tells him it's going to be okay. You can go from disciplinarian to loving on a kid when you understand about building relationships brian dayball is a fantastic coach and this team's output shows that well
0: you illustrated so well i think why we saw this weekend the value of elite coaching doug yes. peterson in jacksonville after the debacle that was urban and now a brian dayball in new york after the debacle that was I wonder Joe. If Judge. they roll their hips like they're trying yeah. to make they're trying to make a baby in the meantime the giants <laughs> now play the eagles the eagles are a seven point favorite at home New York has been the best cover team this season, by the way. 14-4 and four against the spread. This will be their third meeting in the last seven weeks. Philly won the first two. Remember, the, the second of those was the last game of the season where the Giants didn't play a lot of their guys. So I'm not sure how seriously we should take that. And the way they're playing right now, Danny, just a quick look ahead. If the Giants are going to stun the world and knock the one seed out next weekend, what would that have to look like? How do you see them having a chance to do this?
4: They're definitely capable of it. Number one, Daniel Jones has got to work the middle of the field. That's where the Eagles' defense is vulnerable in the passing game. Um, defensively, they're going to have to handle the 11-on-11 11 11 matchup. Jalen Hurts. And I talked about this a little bit. Philadelphia has times where they come out in games and say, we're just going to throw for 500 yards. We're just going to try and do it. And they get themselves into ruts. And I think what you saw yesterday, too, is a little bit of the fear of that is how much ball control – the Giants are capable of having, you know, they went on those long, methodical drives. Yeah. If they do that and the Eagles come out in that football game and think, oh, we're just going to chuck and duck and see, they can go three and out two, three series in a row. And all of a sudden, you know, New York's up 14 nothing, 17-3, and you sit and go, we might only get three or four more possessions. They yeah. got to be very methodical on offense as well.
0: That said, yeah. it's a vastly different defense that the Giants are going up against this week than what they saw oh yesterday, gosh, obviously, in Minnesota. Can Daniel Jones be that level of effective against the Eagles? Uh,
2: I don't know if he'll, he'll reach that level of effectiveness uh, here. I think it's going to be different. I'm, I think more quarterback runs and things like that, design runs, not as much scrambles. Here's the problem that the Giants face in this game. Last week or yesterday, they, they played this bonded Minnesota Viking team. <laughs> right. Thirty-eight sacks for Minnesota in the season. Yeah. Philadelphia, 70 yes. quarterback sacks. You're gonna have you don't have no time to throw the football, Daniel Jones. That's what it's gonna be. You talk about you have, uh, heard Orlowski talk about the ball's gotta come out of his yeah. hands quick. It better really come out quick uh, in this ah. matchup. But I, I really think that I think the Giants are going to run the ball uh, more and those quarterback runs will give them a chance.
3: You know, uh, Dan mentioned earlier that Daniel Jones is starting to get this kind of Joe Burrow-esque ability to be prepared to play whatever team it is that week. I think Brian Dayball has to do that for this team, or they have to do that for, against this team offensively. Understand where you can attack the Philadelphia Eagles is different than where you want to attack the, Phil- um, the Minnesota Vikings. Utilize the middle of the field. Some of those crossers we saw from Slayton and James have to be huge. Getting the football to Saquon Barkley out of the backfield and matchups against those linebackers. It's going to be about taking advantage of the Philadelphia Eagles defense where they are weakest because you don't want to allow Daniel Jones to sit back there like a stationary quarterback and get rushed by that defense. Move the pocket, use the run game, and I
0: think that's the way you continue yeah. to maintain drive. Danny, quickly, to me, it's and we haven't mentioned the name yet, to me it's as simple as this. The Eagles are a better team if Jalen Hurts is healthy. If Jalen Hurts is able to be Jalen Hurts, the Eagles are the definitively better yeah. team in this game, but yep. I don't know that he's going to be that, and if Jalen Hurts can't do all the things he can do, then to me, Dan, this becomes a very even game.
4: Not only healthy Jalen Hurts-Greeny, but the guy who valued the football a bunch as well. You know, this is a player for the great majority of the season that did not give the football to the defense, and in the last couple of games that we did see him play, turnovers were an issue. Over aggression was an issue. Forcing the ball into coverage was an issue. Issue. I can say this right now about Daniel Jones. He's going to play a pretty clean football game if he plays the way he has this season. Now, Jalen Hurts, for the majority of the season, did that. And the last couple times, he hasn't done that. And is the Russ going to be a part of that conversation? Jalen Hurts is going to not only have to play healthy, but play the way that made him an MVP candidate for the mo- majority of this year.
0: All right, we will have all week long to look ahead to that. The matchups next weekend should be outstanding. Meanwhile, as we roll on here on ESPN, a reminder, we have Australian Open first-round coverage tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Continues 11.30 Eastern on ESPN2. Every match is live on ESPN+. And we're beginning the home stretch to kickoff. There we go. We got the Cowboys. We got the Bucks. We got Stephen A., Michael Irvin, Molly, and company live in Tampa. Top of the hour on ESPN. Huge night, as you know, Cowboys, Bucks tonight everywhere, Megacast, Peyton and Eli on ESPN2, and Spanish on ESPN Deportes, we are ready for what should be the best show of Super Wild Card Weekend, and all of us here, like Dallas, that's a bad sign, candidly, whenever all of us think something, it almost never happens, but all of us are riding the Cowboys. Meanwhile, only one way to finish it up on a Monday, Danny, take it.
4: I gotta end it with the teams tonight. Number one, what does a Cowboy put on his salad? What? Ranch. Ranch dressing. (laughs) My guy. Second one. How much does it cost a pirate to pierce his ears? How much? A A buccaneer. (laughs) 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 Shut the hell up. Shut up, man.